next week on the show. It's your opportunity to ask Sonia anything. It's our Ask Sonia Anything episode next week on Irishman Running Abroad. Submit your questions to Irishman Running Abroad Podcast at gmail.com and I'll put your questions to Sonia next week. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarrett Regan, and of course, Irish athletics icon, Sonia O'Sullivan. Our podcast is over a year old now and Sonia has taken me and thousands of our listeners to new heights with their running, regardless of where they started from. In my case, that was never having run at all. <laughs> anywhere at any time to a point where I'm loving my running clocking nearly 50k a week and taking part in our monthly events go to strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad if you want to join up and be part of those but ever since day one Sonia you have been urging me and all of our listeners to get your gait looked at by an expert wherever you can find them well today on the show we do just that with Sonia and I taking a visit to Profeet in London, the home of the best biomechanic experts in the country. Hard to believe that this is only the third time we've met face to face since starting this whole thing. And the very next day, Sonia, you were back in Cove. Is this how it's going to be? That you allow me three face to face meetings every year. And apart from that, it's Skype all the way. Well, they were they were all pretty close together this lot. <laughs> they came at the tail end of our our year of chats and everything. So hopefully, you know, we were a bit restricted with all the restrictions, and um, we may be able to have, I suppose, more regular rather than so. So waiting such a long time to catch up, and hopefully, some more events as well. We can get together and, you know, not necessarily created by us, but, you know, events that we actually go to Mm. and meet other people who are signed up as well. And, you know, it just happened last week was on the back of the London Marathon. And, you know, it was great to see so many people just back out on the streets. And, you know, it was like it had never been away, really. Mm. It was all um, very normal and people were just out, just loving it. And, you know, to have... I suppose, a target to aim for and then to go there and to really put yourself to the test. Yeah, I mean, that's very much the UK experience as well. They kind of want to put it behind them. And let's hope that's where it stays. As I said, Profeet London were super on top of the hygiene and mask wearing side of things. Profeet, if you don't know who they are were established in 2001. It's a family business aimed at kind of bringing the advantages that experienced top athletes get to everyone else, which is, you know, kind of living the dream. They brought together all of these biomechanical experts and their knowledge and all this advanced analysis. And to sum it all up, they essentially make custom insoles and then match you with the perfect footwear for you based on that information that they have. 
Well, you're going to hear more and more about that. But later on in the show, we'll also have Sonia's tip of the week, your emails and news on our upcoming events. As always, there is an XL version of the episode with full illustrated episode notes that you'll really want to get this week because there's even video of both Sonia and I taking part in some of the treadmill tests and the uh, treadmill. I don't know what that is, but it's similar to a treadmill. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Irishman Abroad is the place you want to go and you sign up and you get all the advantages of access to the full back catalogue. Well, uh, Profeet itself is located on the Fulham Road in London and some of the best British athletes have come through their doors. And I should say before we get into this, usually a consultation there would be one on one. But for the purposes of the crack <laughs> and uh, our show, they allowed us to do our analysis side by side. And it does produce some big laughs and some just massive insights. We're going to dip in and out of the experience with uh, my recordings on the day to give you the full feel of what went down and also to open up kind of a wider discussion on the issues that were raised. The brilliant Tom Scales, who himself is also an ultra marathon runner, was our guide and expert at Profeet. And this, what you're about to hear, is our introduction to what is going to happen from Tom and the equipment involved. And then he sits me down for my assessment <laughs> where he looks at my feet. There's a gate treadmill rather than your traditional gym treadmills where during the gym people are used to a big TV screen, big bars along the side. A little more minimalistic. Sometimes you wouldn't even have things like this on here. Obviously in a quite open room it feels mm. a little bit disorientating. Um, and I can control everything from the side so there's nothing for people to worry about. Basically. Right, so we don't control the speed of it, you do. It's all going to be screen. coming down, yeah. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all these green dots, they're picking me up already. Sonia's <laughs> uh, over here experimenting with the screen uh, because it does look a little bit like the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer has a lot of uh, tennis balls stuck to him kind of and is being animated on screen next that's to us. That's what we're going to go for. That's, that's what we're going for. It's just an opportunity for the employees here at Profeet to laugh at us afterwards. But this looks great. So there's cameras. Where are the cameras located, so, Tom? We have two in either corner here. So these are going to be the ones we'll use a little bit later to go into slightly more detail. So again, like on TV, people might have seen people with little bubbles all over their joints. With that, we have two depth perception cameras, so we don't need to put people up in their really fashionable costumes. It's going to start picking everything up. I see. Uh, well, without needing any of that, basically. Okay. We will start looking again from the front of you. So just from behind you here, there is going to be another set of camera. And we'll start looking at how the body is moving in that respect as well. Well, I'll be honest with you, Tom. Uh, I don't know, if, Sonia, if you've had this experience. That, like, If you go to a traditional shop, they'll have this camera behind the, the treadmill, and that's that. That's it. Which, essentially, I remember going into one of these runner's worlds. I won't, I won't shame anyone. <laughs> let's say, let's call her runner's planet. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Very they, they have the camera behind, and it really just shows foot strike. Yeah. Which is kind of just one page of the story we're going to yes, learn here today exactly uh, for us we always look at the feet but actually it is only one part of the puzzle sometimes you can have a foot that is doing things completely wrong but you're looking up at the knees the hips the upper body everything else that goes with it actually everything's looking right so you wouldn't almost want to sacrifice we can make this foot level look nice and pretty as it comes through but as a consequence we might be kind of throwing the knees out of alignment the hips are going to be thrown off and causing basically a whole new array of injuries yeah. so for us we're looking at that whole chain as a unit together 
yes we obviously want the feet to be working as well as possible but that needs to also have that connection all the way through from even up to the shoulders and the upper body itself there's a tiny bit of me Sonia at this point that is like uh, uh, like I had no idea that any of that was going to be included <laughs> and already I was embarrassed at the idea that my running is going to be compared to Sonia's running I don't know mine, might be fa- mine could be I could be falling apart at this stage so I could be worse you never know <laughs> and I should point out to the listeners at this point that Sonia has had me at a track session this morning which was brutal before we do that sec, I will say that I uh, a lot of the stuff here will be visual, so don't we just talk for it as if I would normally, and then we'll yeah, kind of... Or, uh, yeah, I mean, as please, best you can, I might ask questions jump in and, and explain it. Please do. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, what we'll do then, take a seat onto our lovely podium up here. It's actually the first thing we're going to do, isn't going to be getting you moving at all. I'm actually going to have a feel of the feet. So a little hands-on assessment, just basically seeing what the natural functionality, the flexibility is. Um, so I'm actually going to start with this right hand side for me so I'm going to warn you right away Tom I have very tickly feet I apologise <laughs> <in advance. laughs> I once went That's for a uh, uh, pedicure it was bought nice. for me as a Christmas present and had to leave the pedicure no. <laughs> <laughs> my feet were so tickly well. that uh, I got my money back well, at least you got us <laughs> I did get the money back yeah <laughs> So basically what we're looking at here is how well your foot is functioning. So I'm starting off by looking into the forefoot and we can start to see this big toe joint, this first metatarsal, super stiff. We're not really getting too much functionality out of this position. Actually, so as I kind of push through that little toe, that fourth metatarsal, things are starting to move slightly smoother. You just relax that foot down slightly. Same, so I move that into the midfoot. We can start to see a little bit more movement. I can twist this foot a little bit more evenly. As we come into the ankle, it's kind of inversion, knee version. So if I roll this ankle in and out, not a great deal of range of motion in there as well. Out so of 10? We'll give it a solid four. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. This doesn't necessarily mean it's a good or bad thing whatsoever. Uh, sometimes actually having that little more stiffness can be beneficial. Oh, really? So if things are almost hypermobile and there's mm. no resistance, Again, if you think of just yeah, turning ankles is the classic. Mm. If things aren't there, we might suddenly start to see more pronation. Because we don't have that stiffness, let's say the tibialis posterior, so one of the muscles that sits on the inside of the calf, does just have to work a whole lot harder to try and hold this arch in position. But we'll start to go through that in a little bit more detail. Okay. First, now wiggling my toes <laughs> here a little bit. First metatarsal moving well. Any pain when I'm None. pressing it too? None, thank God. Lovely. Pop this one down, and we'll try the other side. So a solid four out of ten on the first, <laughs> the first test. Just that of stiffness itself. And actually, we'll take a little look on the treadmill to begin with. We're going to take some pressure scans of your feet as well before we start to break down into slightly more detail, and we'll be able to work out what potentially we can do to a improve the running technique, and b kit you out with everything to set you up nicely. Sonia, Tom mentioned there that having inflexibility which he quickly identifies in my feet as not being the super most flexible feet of all time or ankles as not being such a bad thing had you been aware of this that you know we automatically assume inflexibility in our feet to be a bad thing for your running but what tom was saying was that actually it can lead to a bit more rigidity and less hypermobility where you won't go over on your ankles you're less likely to do things that are going to put you in stress had you heard of that i hadn't heard it before um and i suppose i suppose i would probably you'd be thinking more of mobility rather than inflexibility because that's 
I suppose what I've been working on a lot recently is the mobility around my ankle and stuff, which is maybe a step up from the feet. Mm. Um, so I think the thing with your feet is that they need to have a good structure. And, and the main thing really, and everybody I'm sure would agree with this, is is the comfort you know that you have when you're when you're walking, when you're running, we're all looking for that. Hmm. And, you know, over the years, things change with your feet and, you know, things can, they can change very quickly. And and then with that, you have to be reminded to change your shoes and, and to change, I suppose, if you do have inserts in your shoes, which Tom was, you know, that was where it was all leading to, that he was going to assess our feet and then build an insole that we could take and move from shoe to shoe hmm. so that you could bring, I suppose you have the, the platform that you stand on is standard and you take that with you no matter what shoes you're wearing. Yeah. And this is something that, I, I mean, I've done this a lot. I have orthotics and normally when I travel, I don't bring shoes, but I definitely bring my orthotics and I will always carry them in my handbag. I would never put them under the plane because you know, the fear is when you arrive somewhere that you lose your bag and then you lose your orthotics and all of a sudden you 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 can't run as easily or as confidently as you would when you have them. And in a way, you kind of become a little bit dependent on them. And Tom, he was kind of relating it to, you know, um, reading glasses, that you need your reading glasses wherever you go. Mm. So it's similar. You need your insoles to put into your shoes so that you can pretty much I mean you can match the insoles to the shoes that fit you as well but you know as a compromise you can generally get it I suppose uh, you, you have a familiarity with any pair of shoes if you have transferable insoles yeah, and your you insoles have you. seen better days let's let's be honest you definitely needed a flip case like you would for a set of reading glasses they've, <laughs> they've seen a lot of miles and you were asking tom if these are like if what we're getting here is what you already have there were you satisfied that these weren't going to replace your previous ones or or are they I'm not sure. I mean, I think my own ones, they're definitely, you know, they, yeah, they're, they could be thrown out easily, but then, you know, you can't, there's, there's some, there are things that I can't throw out <laughs> because I've had them for so long. How long? And let me see, I think around 2000 and five maybe whoa because tom said that we could come back and this is the thing that i couldn't believe was that he'd come back and they would do them over they would do the they would refresh our insoles once we had them made that they can literally come back in and within a year kind of update them 2005 sonia <laughs> they must be dead that's crazy I know they really are like you know I'd say they're <laughs> they're like my comfort blanket you know <laughs> it takes I don't take them to bed but I take them on every run <laughs> it's like the security there so I definitely have to be a bit I suppose gradual with my introduction of the new insoles and alternating them and I've done this before I've had new insoles and different variations and I've kept them all I have like I got I have a wardrobe of insoles. <laughs> they're not all they're not all in one place, and you know sometimes I worry that I've left a pair somewhere that I because some of them are quite useful for just walking around shoes. 
We're going to pop over and get another clip here because essentially we're going to hear me on the treadmill uh, for the first time with Tom Scales watching in the background and all the equipment that he just mentioned watching us. So there's cameras all around us. There's me there with the recorder. And as we said, there's computer screens and all sorts. You can see the pictures in the illustrated notes and the videos, but uh, it's straight up onto it in the bare feet. And straight away, there's a, an issue with my wardrobe. Perhaps a pair of shorter shorts, if that makes that's um, more helpful. It is actually fine for that. Okay. Um, when I get you to do this, I might get you just a couple of shorts off, or just a lot of leggings or yeah. shorter shorts. There you go, like just little tights on there, Jared. Three-quarter length tights <laughs> on you. Already getting a slag in from signing please. <laughs> You're just giving me a little bit better pickup when you come to the knees itself. Okay. But for now, I'll be able to see what we okay, need to see. Okay, for now. Well, you, Sonia knows my... Uh, my paces. Yeah. So, like to warm up, probably five twenty per kilometer. Nice. So, but then you get once he gets going, you can, you're around five minute case, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be around. Well, we start around like eight five. Miles or something, oh, do it all in kilometers. Yeah. I wish I could oh, yeah. translate as quickly in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. well, around that, the five minutes will be twelve. So we'll start you off at around an eleven point three, which is roughly the uh, five twenty pace into here. Okay. Do kind of forty seconds, then I'll just bring you up to the five minute just at the end. He's going to feel a little bit strange barefoot. Not going to go yeah. for too long, though. Okay. And I get this moving. And I'll stop you there. And I'll basically start by playing the three. So we will start, let's go for the right hand side, as you said. Left is the one that's been playing up a little bit. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll get a nice kind of reference point. It's so, amazing how the foot lands on the middle line there, isn't it? Yes. So we have a little bit more of this crossover step. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're walking on a track, so well, on a tightrope. If you look at kind of your Paula Radcliffe's when she used to run, it almost literally looked like she had one foot crossing in front of the other there as well. But with that, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It can come down to tensions from the hips itself. What we do start to see is a little more of this lateral forefoot strike. So this pressure is landing on the outside of the forefoot, so underneath that kind of little toe, that fourth toe. As we start to come down, we're sitting into this nice neutral position. We're not seeing too much movement coming through. A couple of toes visible onto the outside. So in terms of alignment, kind of what we'd be aiming for into this respect. As we continue through, what we do start to see, however, is this right knee just starting to kick out to the side slightly. So the knees themselves, being a hinge joint, they like to move back and forwards. They're not a massive fan of kind of collapsing in or being pushed out to the side. And what we're starting to see is actually this knee on the right landing and kind of being pushed to the left-hand side, so all kind of coming out to the side slightly more. What that tends to do, it just reduces your shock absorbency. So that kind of ability for your leg to act like a little bit of a spring just comes through and puts a little bit more stress just into the hips. So as a consequence, what we're starting to see is a little bit more of a hip drop. So as you're landing, things are kind of collapsing in front of this position. Tells me for us so far, probably a little bit of work needs to be done through the glutes and the hamstrings through this eccentric phase. So in terms of this strengthening. Strengthening a little bit more, holding the core nice and strong and not allowing things to move around too much. All right, well, I, I have been told by our uh, resident strength and conditioning coach 
Trevor Cummins <laughs> that I do need to work on that. There so he'll be, he'll be punching the air at this moment <laughs> in this, going, I told you I was right. It's but you good. can see it on screen here. We're looking at it while Sonia texts a friend uh, <laughs> over there. Um, I, I have to... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. Uh, it's it's all on screen there, and the, like uh, Tom, you you've made this analysis I- in the space of thirty seconds. Is oh. it that easy to see it? For well, yes and no. When I first started, definitely not. <laughs> but the more and more you do it, the more you start to see. Mm. You can start to pick things up itself. Right. So each I'm wearing a lot of clothes here. It's <laughs> very baggy shorts yeah, and black. You know, sort of black. It, you know. We've got this convenient <laughs> backboard in here as well, so you can yeah. start to see it nice and visibly. Mm-hmm. And what we do, I'll let you take a video of this all at the end. In yeah, case yeah. Things brilliant. like that as well. And, and then the listeners can laugh at that themselves yeah. as oh, it's lovely. as it's run side by side <laughs> with Sonia's action. So that's the right hand side. So right. Uh, final little thing. It's actually your forefoot. As you're driving off the ground, everything's looking nice and strong. What I want to see is an even spread of pressure driving off your second toe, because actually that will be your longest and strongest metatarsal. First one, although it's a little bit bigger, a bit more function comes through here, so the second is what we want to be aiming for. Okay. Pretty much exactly what your we're seeing. second toe. As okay. we're releasing from the ground, an alignment staying nice and strong. Left-hand side, we know is going to probably be that little bit weaker. So as we're landing... Again, we're seeing this, what we call a varus, this knee being pushed out to the side, so kind of the opposite direction to what we want. And actually, I'm going to slowly play this through so I don't have to scroll it. And we're going to look up at the hips itself. So as I mentioned, a little bit more tension coming into this hip region. And we're now going to look at your upper body. I said, we're not going to start with the feet. We're going to work our save through. And at the moment, you can start to see your elbows kind of really reaching up behind you, swinging through that little bit more because everything that we're seeing with the upper body is going to act as a counter rotation of what's happening onto the hips so again when you're running walking let's say your left knee comes up the opposite arm comes with it so the fact that we're having to kind of swing the arms pick things up a little bit higher is telling me we've got this little bit more kind of well i'm imagining tension through the hip flexors from this stage some of that can come from weakness at the glutes though it's kind of this protective stiffness because they're not firing really but the arms is part of that it's all going to come through my first thought, Sonia, was I was totally, I was totally surprised that I didn't get rinsed here. <laughs> I really was expecting Tom to go, you're all over the shop. Maybe it was because I had you over, <laughs> over my shoulder, you know, slagging off my shorts and all sorts. But <laughs> the, the thought that I was going to go in here and actually get positive news, I think would make people more likely to go in that they aren't just going to pop you on a treadmill, put a load of cameras on you and go, here are all the mistakes you're making. There was so much praise involved that I was I was like, this is actually a fun experience from that perspective. As we all know, I'm addicted to praise, but I just didn't expect there to be so many positives drawn from what they were seeing. Is that normal or is that just, you know, kind of the profit special thing? Well, you know, Tommy was definitely very good at picking up on the positives that we had Mm. and maybe that's like there's a kind of a technique to that I suppose to highlighting the positives so that then what you think you know the things that you have to work on things that are not ideal and not perfect Mm. in your running foot that it's not that difficult to work on it then and to improve it yeah and that it can be fixed easily enough so I think the um the combination there of yeah, okay, well, this is what you have. And, you know, you, you've got to accept what, what you've got. 
and okay what can we do about it and I suppose for everybody you don't want to have to do too much <laughs> because <laughs> then it could be a work in progress forever and, and maybe it always is you know because it is an evolving thing all the time with your feet and just the run that you know as you graduate increase the amount of running that you do and increase the speed of the running that you do but I think it was it was really good you know to kind of go from the very basics of running in your bare feet something that I was definitely uncomfortable with because I'm not I, I just don't feel comfortable running in my bare feet I'm not very good at walking even in my bare feet and I think you were definitely better at that than me and possibly because you haven't run too much already <laughs> so you didn't have all these safe to wear say, and tear. compared to you yeah. I haven't run at all in terms of the miles I've but clocked in my life have you have you run on a treadmill before uh yeah you know bits and bobs but but like this treadmill wasn't like one you would see in the gym I should say this to people that this one was like it kind of had lats on it that rolled around you know it wasn't like a conveyor belt type of uh, treadmill and you know I I know you think I do I was more comfortable at it but it just feels wrong it's just like you just don't think you should be doing it and uh, yeah like uh, I did say this and I think it's in the clip that when someone asks you to run <laughs> and we'll watch how you run it's very hard to kind of accurately do it or give a representation of what your run is because you're doing a bit of posing you're certainly doing a little bit of it's like if somebody tells you to you know give you give them an example of your laugh yeah i'm not doing it naturally and also we both commented on the lack of a warm-up that i always feel that you don't really get into your running rhythm without that first 2k warm-up so in that way I was like is this really accurate but he was adamant it was Uh, and I think you know how did you feel about that yeah I mean I think it's it is a pretty accurate reading because it's really it's probably not looking at your running form the way you kind of are are your running feel the way you feel it but it's just the basic landing of your feet in the Mm. running motion as opposed to a walking motion. Yeah. And so, you know, I think when you do this thing under, I mean, it's kind of science experiment kind of parameters when you do this. And that's why the treadmill is so hard is because you're just eliminating all the different variables that can come into it. Mm. And it's really just like running on a moving floor or moving road. And um, you really just get, you, you try, I think, as soon as you're trying to do something, you try to run the way that you normally run. And when it's on this hard floor, you can only do it for so long anyway. So it just quickens up the whole process. Yeah. Whereas I think if it was on a softer thing, then you probably would warm up into it. But it would take a lot of time to get the same results. I mean, uh, the... The criticism that was there was stability, right? There was a lot of chat there, the, like the categories of elastic exchange, economy, cadence, contact time, forward lean. Uh, I did okay in terms of the kind of top half of this, but it was my wibbly wobbly <laughs> that uh, Tom identified with great hip gestures. I mean, he was waggling his hips around. <laughs> 
from side to side <laughs> to illustrate that I do drop my hip and kind of compensate using my arms for this lack of strength. Is it the back chain that you talk about? I mean, Trevor Cummins got a big shout out there because he's been saying this to me for ages that you're going to need to do your strength and conditioning to stabilize. And you've been saying it for ages that you get these little muscles uh, in the joints to stabilize the big ones. So in some ways, this was this was this was an eye opener for me as to how right Trevor Cummins was all along. We need to skip forward, though, Sonia, to your one. This is what people want. This is what the people want. They want you on a treadmill getting your gait analyzed in comparison to mine. So this is Sonia's turn on the treadmill. It's a very strange one to run on. Yeah. So, uh, okay, because I've changed your height and weight, why don't you put them up side by side directly? Okay. But I'll talk you through them and I can lay them across. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. And we'll kind of start by comparing the two a little bit. So the first thing is going to be this elastic exchange. And this is a number that here we always start to bring it back to again. They said the higher this is, Normally, it relates to the level the athlete tends to run at. So what we're seeing here is well above this kind of excellent. It's telling us it's 35% or more. We are well <laughs> above that 40, which again is what you'd be aiming for, exactly. I mean, the listeners can't see, but Tanya actually punched the air in that moment. So I got 25, she got 42.4. Yes. And that is kind of as good as what we're looking for through here as well. So that is a good starting point. Some of these elements I talked about before, this kind of bounding stride compared to this little more of a turnover, this kind of plod as you come through, which I know... Did you I'm, just call my stride a plod? <laughs> just a technical term there. Plodding, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, if we start to look down at the cadence, we can start to see, yeah. naturally sits slightly lower. I'm guessing you are probably used to sitting more around the kind of, well, probably... Yeah, I'm not sure at the moment. I, I feel like I'm a bit less not so good with the cadence these days okay, yeah just well like when i see down. videos of myself i see a little bit yeah it looks like slow motion no. <laughs> a lot of time yeah well with that the fact that we are sitting at this kind of similar pace we'll start to compare the two we know for yourself we're looking around the 180 and around here we're around just above that 170 mm. if we then relate that across this contact time we're saying before we don't particularly want this to be any higher than quarter of a second we're looking around that 2.3 and what we sometimes will be looking at is this inversely proportional relationship. So we'll take walking, for example. We're taking very few steps, but you're spending a lot of time on the ground. We take sprinting flat outs. If you did a 50-yard dash, you're taking a lot of steps in there, but spending as little time on the ground as possible. For us, we want to try and find that balance. Same through here. Although the technique is moving differently, it is still sitting around the same level. So that contact time is nice and low. We're not spending too long into these kind of potential injury risk scenarios and equally that cadence sitting a little bit lower to get there as well and that links to areas like this elastic exchange because when you're landing we're basically acting like a massive spring we are driving ourselves back off we're not wasting any energy into this area so we don't have to take as many steps because we have a little more power that little more control behind the strides again forward lean looking around that four degrees so i said we're looking between maybe a two and four as a rough guide in terms of this, we're sitting at that kind of higher end. But what we tend to would see 
if you've got a video of most, or well, I don't know, I use these two, it's an easy example for people to know about. <laughs> Let's use Elliot Kipchoge. <laughs> he's, he's, the, Kipchoge he's the poster from. boy at the moment. He is, to be fair. <laughs> um, again, we'll take a sprinter coming out of the blocks. Look at them, they're almost like a missile. They're kind of 45 degree angles driving out of this position. Obviously, if you're running, I know they run at an insane kind of 20 plus kilometers an hour the whole way. But for the marathons, you don't need to be into that position. So again, probably from a kind of learnt area, we have a little more of this rocker. We've got a little more power coming through, able to utilize the glutes slightly more as well. Overstride is sitting a little bit high. With that, we've still got this nice cycle as you come through. But actually, this is where actually something we're seeing really nicely with your running style itself. This oval shape that we have coming through was nice consistent and actually it's this left hand side which I think you were talking yeah. about an injury coming through on the left yeah no I could feel it was more definitely uncomfortable running on the left side what so I couldn't push off as much on that I was going to say talk me through it a little bit what so it's basically just this joint down here oh, so okay. it's like every time I land I feel the subtailer's not enjoying yeah, it quite yeah it's not as quite much. moving it yeah and, oh, okay. and so that's where like running in my bare feet would definitely be a lot harder for me to do yes than, ah, so we never yeah. get people to do too yeah. much but <laughs> with this that stands to reason and the mirror is what we're seeing yeah. So ideally you want this nice oval shape but actually on this left you've got this little more of this kind of pointed peak as you come uh -huh. through yeah. so rather than like a spring compressing it down <laughs> springing it up everything at the moment is kind of coming forward and we're almost having yeah. to kind of land and slow ourselves slightly more mm. and actually if we look at where that dot is coming through slightly closer slightly further away we have that slight difference between right, yeah. it yeah. if we look down at this vertical displacement we can start to see we're around this eight centimeters with that we know before as we said this work against gravity this up and down is looking really strong we have this almost gazelle like running style everything looks pretty much effortless in so that sense. just to be clear you called mine a plod <laughs> and you called sonia's a gazelle like running style i mean this is what the people paid their money for i mean i didn't prompt you at that time those are your words you just did vertical displacement yes so we'll move on to vertical force okay. here a little bit just because we know obviously history of running at the literal highest level possible we also know kind of as i said heights weights there is going to be a different if we took sole strength we probably would start to see a little bit of an advantage definitely coming into your part here with this if we look at this vertical force it's going to be looking at that technique so how you're applying that strength and we can actually start to see through here we were sitting around that 2.2 i think it was 2.18 for yourself here we're looking just almost up to that 2.6 times your body weight so every step you're driving that little bit fast you're driving off and this is where actually that muscle types that people might start talking about, that type one, type two A, X, things like this, fast X, slow twitch, will come into play. This should always be as high as we, well, as high as possible. If we took anyone really running under 5K at the absolute peak of kind of PB day, if you will, we'd probably see this almost up towards this three side of things, just because the power behind there right. is incredible as well. Same though, this is where this lateral forces a little more of a sway coming through so this is actually looking a little bit worse than what we're seeing through here and as i said we talk through each of these but everything down here is a contributing factor all of these are going to be a reference and linking back to this running economy itself and this is where i don't want to come into it too much when we got here for yourself we were actually sitting just into this a category itself you were a bit of a higher fridge marker <laughs> and we're just coming out of the analysis there which you know 
is the fun bit. And I sometimes kind of thought, why don't Profeet let people go with their uh, best friend or partner? Because this to me was fantastic fun. (laughs) And maybe I don't know how much fun it was for you, but you got you got crazy results in categories like uh, you got was it one, two, three, four, five, five star reviews. (laughs) And even though I was taking my wins where I could get them, Sonia, you know, you had to be happy with your report card. Yeah, I I was surprised because, I mean, I would kind of I in a way I was kind of if I was to rate myself at the moment, I'd rate myself, you know, Closer to what did he call you? A plotter? Turning the knife as, <laughs> as as opposed to a gazelle. I mean, there's moments, Stephanie, when I'm out there running along and I feel like I'm running, you know, like a gazelle. But then I look at my watch and I'm quickly reminded that no, I'm not. Um, and then there's other times, and you know, you just feel like you're just kind of plodding along. <laughs> so. You know, it's a very um, subjective area, I think, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, how you look and how you feel and the reality of it can be so different. I mean, I don't know if you do this when you're driving around and you see people running and you can be very kind of, uh, yeah, analyze the running style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> automatically in your head. It's like you kind of like give it a good a bit of a review and 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 you kind of like you're also checking out who it is because there's certain people come running towards you and you say oh I must know who this is they look really good <laughs> <laughs> and then you have these people who are just out there running around and you know you think it's amazing really that so many people are out there and there is so many different running styles and just by looking at someone you can't always tell the pace that they're going or you know what where they're at in their running thing you know mm. so it's not right really to to judge people by just looking at their running style um without seeing all the the stats and everything absolutely so it was interesting you know to go in there and to be put on the spot and measured and tested and and it definitely tested me to go on that treadmill because yeah i was a bit of a panic at first because to go from you know zero to five kilometers an hour what is it? What's the speed is we um, five minutes per kilometer. Five minutes per, yeah. Yeah, which is not super fast, but no. it is a pace that it can take you a, a few minutes to get into it. Like yeah. I generally start off at around five, like closer to five thirty per kilometer when I start off in the morning, and then you gradually get going and you start to feel better. And you know, you could be under five minutes by the time you're home, mm. but you know, it's all going on feel. No, I'm not trying to do that. It's just, you know, by the time you're warmed up and you're feeling good and then you're, you know, looking forward to getting home, you can pick up the pace a little bit more. But this was all very concise and brief and trying to get a lot out of, you know, we were in there for a long time. Yeah, three hours in total. I mean, what was the appointment at? Two or? Two. And we were there till, yeah, after five. five. Yeah. It was brief, but also super thorough at the same time. Yeah, there was a lot of information and there was a lot of stuff to think about as well. And, you know, just to the feedback of, you know, how you land on your feet and how that can affect how you carry your body is pretty amazing. And so if you can do little things to help that by choosing the right shoes, and it's such a big thing, you know, to choose the right shoes, like how do you decide which are the right shoes for you? And I think the more you explore it, the more 
it's a bit of a minefield and you realize that it's very hard to recommend shoes to somebody just because you like them and just because they work for you and say this is the answer for everybody because everybody is so different and you know I I'm sure everybody who's out there in the invincibles that we highly recommended you know it doesn't matter if you you know if you if you go for run them and you actually don't like them that much they're still comfortable shoes to walk around in <laughs> yeah. they're not a waste of a shoe exactly yeah, they're, they're still gonna do yeah, that I mean, well in the second half of the show we're gonna get to some really really interesting stuff that i wasn't expecting because the next phase of the testing was running across this impact plate the entire floor at profit is a running track which we both found really cool that bouncy substance that they use on running tracks but in the middle of it there's this metal plate to examine the impact and Tom Scales had Sonia and I run back and forth across this a few times and after that we get into the silicone moulding phase which neither of us knew was coming. There's a few surprises to come. There's still your emails and of course Sonia's tip of the week. So that's where we're going to leave our iTunes and SoundCloud listeners before we go to the extended cut over on patreon.com but we're going to give you now a little sneaky peek of what you'll get if you come over there this week and sign up before that though i need to say a very quick thank you to profeet they were unbelievable to work with i thoroughly recommend the experience you can hear exactly why in the second half but big shout out to tom scales and to joe at profeet for making this episode possible brian Connolly's on sound john mar does the extra research tina and mikey make it all possible and we'll see you next week stand up please okay i'm going to start on this right foot so now that we've got what we have at this point uh, is these kind of heated they basically look like regular insoles but they've been heated under the silicone and with our feet on them to the shape of Sonia and I our, our feet the next thing that happens is he essentially heads into a cobbling room is that the best way to describe it? it was a bit of a workshop it could be anything because there was an, there was an oven in there and yeah, then there, there was, was like a loads of glue <laughs> The glue, yeah, you could be high on the glue <laughs> in there. Smelly glue. <laughs> and a bunch of kind of like a lathe, a polishing machine, a kind of grinder that he's essentially carving down, as you, as you can hear in the background here. Tom is shaving down these insoles to, based on the information that he's gathered. Now that he knows that they're going to fit our foot perfectly in there, now it's a matter of how much cushioning does Sonia need versus me. It turned out I would need a bit more compared to Sonia because as he said I am a plotter and she is a gazelle I mean we need to get that framed <laughs> one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.